good AT baggers. It's Will here. I'm going to be quick on the intro to this one, but um, it is a Monday morning. I had a huge weekend uh, in Chicago and Rosemont. Thanks to everyone who came out to the shows. What an amazing city. I will talk more on another podcast about how little I knew about Chicago and how amazed I was by it. But the one thing that I really do want to mention is just how strong the comedy scene is there. Uh, hello to everybody who came out because they were fans of comedy. Maybe they'd heard me on a podcast or through the comedy scene. A really amazingly comedy savvy audience and it was great to have so much support and I ended up having some of the most fun shows that I've had uh, since I've been in the US. So that was a completely unexpected, delightful week. So thank you so much, Chicago. Uh, and to everybody who came out and saw the show, speaking of shows, here's some quick plugs and then we'll get into this uh episode uh, this final episode out of the four that charlie and i recorded the day before la Podfest. so i think between those two days we did about eight re- hours of recording uh the live episode which is an hour and 40 will come out uh this week i said i put it up by the end of the month so uh listen to this rambly episode we had to have a break halfway through because i basically was going crazy and had to have a shower we've been talking for too long and i wasn't the one who had jet lag who just got off a plane but anyway so it it gets weird and crazy but uh i hope you'll enjoy this episode i'll do my plugs quickly and then we can get into it uh okay so here we go um this week i am uh, co-headlining at three clubs uh in la uh that is on uh, vine street i believe and that is the 28th tuesday the 28th if you are in la all right uh november the first i'm at the comedy and magic uh the fourth i'm at the comedy and magic november the fifth i am at meltdown doing the meltdown show at nerd melt that's an amazing show uh you have to get in quick for tickets that it always sells out comedy and magic on the sixth and the seventh i am doing david huntsberger's show at the improv on the eighth i'm doing hot tub at the virgil on the 10th i will be at oakland in oklahoma city on the 12th hyenas in dallas from the 13th through to the 15th uh, then I fly to Sydney. Uh, I will be in Darwin on the 19th doing Illuminati. Uh, Illuminati in Perth. We've just added an extra show. So three shows at the Exhibition Centre there, the Riverside. Um, so it's absolutely massive. Thanks to Charlie, uh, who got my show plugged by writing Illuminati on a naked home and away uh, young man hunk chest at the telethon anyway look i'll talk about that as well when i get dave in and we can uh, talk about that but yes one more show in perth Illuminati, justin hamilton doing support so get tickets to that it's now on sale kalgoorlie the day after that so after that i'll be at the comics lounge in melbourne doing a revamp of the Illuminati show uh all my new changes plus uh the show that i did in april during the comedy festival justin hamilton limo uh becky lucas uh michael chamberlain's doing one night that's going to be a really cool week there at the comics lounge all right then i fly back to la that on monday the 1st of december i will be at the steve allen at theater doing some preview stuff of my brand new show whatever the fuck that is uh that i will have had the thought about by then so december the 1st dave anthony and i doing a co-headlining spot i think it's only 10 bucks uh so it's just the two of us uh that's a good night out right we're both doing heaps of stuff or heaps of new stuff the next night i'll be doing 25 minutes as a part of a three comedian show with maria bamford at nerd melt uh i will be at helium in philadelphia from the third through to the sixth i will be at comedy works in denver from the 10th through to the 13th i will be doing the run of my improv shows completely improvised every night completely brand new show every night from the 16th to the 20th at the sydney comedy store and then of course the big one january the 19th sydney opera house the final night of the Illuminati tour uh thank you so much for everyone's support the first show uh has almost sold out already <sighs> it's, it's fucking october 
That's great. Good on you guys. So we are going to do a second show. Don't tell anyone yet because we've still got a few tickets to sell for the first one. But uh, for you guys who are listening, and I love you most of all, of course, cool things for cool people, uh, we are going to put a second show on. So if you want to... um, get tickets to the second show and uh, be part of that, then definitely do that. Justin Hamilton doing support for that as well. Okay, I said I wouldn't bang on too much on this one. So thanks for all your support. Subscribe to the podcast, share it around, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I uh, hope you enjoy this final episode with Charlie. And then uh, sometime during the week, I will, uh, I'll will i put up the, uh, the, the episode from the LA Podcast Festival and you can enjoy that as well. Cheers, guys. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. That's awesome. <laughs> Is it a gritty reboot? We've been talking about that man, like usual. <laughs> World War's life. It's free, you know. I travelled through time. Playlist. Totally. That's text with happy lights. Well, you want a lazy Susan? <laughs> it's a total fact. fact. The father of Bart and the whole toast. Fire up the fucking flux capacitor and let's get guns. <laughs> now, this is Tofop. <laughs> Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. We're not sure that we have anything, but uh, we thought we'd try to uh, record one more episode. I literally was just debating. I have uh, on my notes app on my phone, I write anytime I have an idea that I think is Tofop worthy, I jot it down. And yep. I just was looking at a note and saying to Will, there's something I wanted to talk about, but I just think it's going to make me sound like too much of a dick. Well, now that you've said that, people can understand that it might make you sound like a dick. All right. I'll tell a story first. This will be a quick one and you can like, yeah. and we'll get ready for it. I told a story recently on the podcast. You may have heard me tell this story before anyway, about the only time my nana came to see me do comedy <laughs> and I made a kid in the audience say the C word. I didn't make the kid. The kid just said the C word, but you know. It, you got him on stage I, or put right, him like in front of you. Exactly. I, got, I received an email, a message from someone listening to this podcast called Josh. Dear Will, I just wanted to let you know, I'm pretty sure my little brother was the kid at the show that said cunt, the one your grandmother was at. I was 12 and he was 10 and it was the third consecutive year that we'd come to see you. We both loved the show, so don't feel like you corrupted him. He was always a troublemaker. <laughs> uh, we were first in line and someone said we couldn't sit in the front and my brother told them that you're his favorite comedian, so we were allowed the seats. Ten years later, I'm still listening to your podcast and still loving it. Wow. Take care. You know what Josh. that is? That's long-term marketing strategy. <laughs> All you got to do is get a kid in, make get him say him come, and then you got him for the podcast you got forever. Him for life. First taste is for free. Now that may not be the same incident, but that implies that I've done that more than once, <laughs> <laughs> and I learned nothing else from the original one. Do you ever come off stage and? Like, I know you script, like, a lot of it's rehearsed, but uh-huh. we've ad-libbed something where you walk off. I mean, rehearse is probably a, and you don't a generous rehearse? word. Well, what do you do, actually? I That's mean, you good... gig. So, like, you, okay, I mean, so you yeah. work it out through gigs. You work it out on stage. Yeah. Okay, so you'll do it, like, you'll have bits that you work over, you know. I don't really moments. sit at home and, like, you know, But then when you run it in, so, from, yep. for instance, just say, what's your final run-in before you unveil it? What is it? Is it a festival or the Adelaide Fringe Festival? Okay. <laughs> well, I think most people expect that. No, but that is what it is. Like I'm doing, okay. I'm not doing the show in a theatre. I'm doing the show in a tent in the gardens. It's literally me previewing so the show and running it. How much do you in. think, on average, over ten years, uh-huh. 
would change percentage-wise? Uh, from first night to about the end of the second week. I mean, sometimes up to 50% of it. After that... No, no, from the end of Adelaide to the start of Melbourne. How much would change? Yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes... Last night of Adelaide to first night of Melbourne. Oh, last night of Adelaide to first night of Melbourne. Yeah. Nothing, really. Oh, really? So it's no. run in by the end of Yeah, Melbourne. by the end of Adelaide. I mean, normally by... So that you've gone to the twos, you've got some form back. Right. Got yeah. some miles in the legs, got a bit of touch back. Right. Your footy smarts are back. Exactly. And then back in the ones. Back in the ones. Right, yeah. Have you ever been tempted to just like go straight back into seniors? <laughs> I mean, well, people With do no that. match conditioning? People do that. That's what, you know, if you don't... It's, start- like, it's, it's like when Steve Martin does a stand-up tour having like been an actor for 20 right. years. It's not like he's going to do a couple of preview nights anywhere. Mm. Like he's not doing altitude training in another country. Yeah, Monty Python just did that. Monty right. Python went straight back into the seniors. Yeah, it wasn't like they were down at the comedy store <laughs> on a Thursday night for eight weeks beforehand running in the fucking cheese shop sketch. They were just fucking, they only play the big rooms, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yes. So it's running. But you'd right. say 50 from day one of Adelaide to last Up day. to 50. Depends. Sometimes it lands more fully formed than other years, but I would say like it could change up to 50% in the first couple of weeks and then maybe 10% for the rest of the run. What has been the, if you had to score a show your first night? Oh, here's, an interesting, oh, well, here's an interesting thing. Like some people have been asking me because I'm doing the final night at the Opera House on January 19th. And some people who saw the show in Sydney, I did a limited run for Sydney Comedy Festival, but it was just a, a, a small sold out four shows. And so we're coming back to Sydney. Like, you know, some people are like, well, we saw it in Sydney. Will it be different at the end of the year? I mean, it's the same show. Will it be different? Probably 10 or 15% different to when you saw it. But like, it's essentially the same show. Like jokes have changed and routines have evolved and things have been added, but yeah. essentially it's the same show, you know, in, in May and, and January, you know. Yeah, I would say. So, it's, so but from the, if the first night, just say, in, we'll just take the last 10 years as a sample. Yeah. Have you ever had a show that the first night Adelaide, you're like, holy fuck, this needs... I've nailed this. Oh, no. <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> Like if it, what, what's the lowest score out of ten you've oh, ever yeah, had for yeah, first yeah, night? Yeah. I mean that you'd score yourself. I remember one year a few years ago, I, like two years ago, I reckon it landed as rough as it's ever landed. Um, I'd been particularly busy, like over here. It was when things were first starting to take off in LA, so I'd been on the road over here. So I hadn't that time to kind of do out. trial shows or whatever that I'd normally do. And in the first night in Adelaide, I think I did 85 minutes because I said to them at one stage, I guarantee you 60 minutes of quality material, no matter how long it takes. <laughs> and it took about 85 minutes the first night and about 75 the second night. And then by the third night, I was like, okay, it's taking me about 65 minutes. And so do you good. edit in your head? Like, is it a thing of something doesn't work and then you just, it's gone? Or do you have to go home and make a note that's gone? Uh, no, no, funnily enough, like once, if you know the show or if you know across you just, what you're trying to you do, just it just starts to like make sense. Well, essentially, once you start doing it, like that's the thing that doesn't freak me out anymore is that I know it will make sense. So essentially that first night is you just starting the work and you have to see where you're up to. Yeah. But I know now how to do it. I know eventually it will get to where I want it to be. But is that going to be like a week or is it going to be two weeks or is it going to be three weeks? Like the work has just started. But so, weirdly enough, you don't you really know that until you start doing yeah. it in front of an audience. That's that's when you start to get... And as soon as you do, like you can be... I you can start fit, finding I can edges. fiddle around with something for like weeks or months and then like get in, on stage and the minute you go, oh yeah, okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that should go there and you should, don't need to say that at all. That's a completely wasted thought. And, like, and is that just a simple translation, you think, from, um, from your brain or from the page to live performance? Because stuff works on the page. That's why I love doing read-throughs 
is because stuff that's really good on the page, it can't be said or you think it can be said or conveyed, but then when you do it live or get someone to do it, it doesn't work. Is it that same kind of thing? I think that like I'm my only audience for when it's on the page. Yes. So I will like there are things that amuse me that aren't going to amuse like the broader audience or things that yeah. I find clever or interesting about structure or like you know topics like I'm really like this is a topic I'm really interested in but not, like, maybe the audience aren't or maybe the point I'm trying to make is not as clear as I think it is you know when I'm writing it for myself sometimes you got to try to explain something to someone else to realize oh no I get what I'm trying to say but I haven't kind of made it clear to the audience yet because I know what I'm trying to say. So does that make sense? Yeah. Like if I'm trying to explain something to someone to get them there in the shortest possible time, but if I already know where we're going, so it's easy for me to put that together. But sometimes you don't know if you're giving them enough Enough, information. Enough information, yeah. Right. So it's, yeah. So all those things, like I think once you get in front of a crowd, you get a much better sense of. So do you think if I was a young comic starting out, young 37-year-old Charlie. So get on the drugs, mate. (laughs) But would you say that because I don't understand. When you start in comedy, you're not writing a one, you don't start off writing a one man show. You're just gigging, right? Uh-huh. You're just trying to get. So when you're starting out, open mics, whatever it's called, is it like 15 That's minutes? Called. That's what do you have? What's when five. You five. Five. So you're just concentrating on the five minutes. Getting your five, right? Getting your five. Getting your tight five, mate. Okay, so when you've got your tight five, what's the next step? Are you looking to then write a festival show or nah like fit? so basically well back when i started i don't really know what the transition is now it's a bit different there's a lot more room now you just make a youtube video you get right. fucking two million hits yeah two million hits <laughs> you're you a fucking a live show yeah. it's just like i mean i don't know how it fucking works <laughs> i heard a manager a friend of mine who's a young comic uh actually their manager said to them like because like this young comic said what well, they said what sort of career do you want and uh, the, the guy's like, well, you know, like Will's career's been like quite nice. I, you know, I wouldn't mind a career like that. And he said this to me. This is, I mean, I love this so much. His manager looked him in the eye and just said, the Will Anderson model is dead. <laughs> Holy shit. For whom the bell tolls. Oh, my God. The Will, the Will Anderson, Anderson model, model is dead. dead. Yeah, we need a thunderclap. If we had someone who did post on right. this, can we get who's just people can imagine it? Justin um, Hobson. Justin Hobson. Justin, can you just take that segment and put right. like a thunderclap? A thunderclap. Or people could just imagine a thunderclap in their head when yeah. they listen to it. Imagine if you're listening to it and it actually was a thunderclap at oh that God, moment. At that moment, the listen. Okay, save this podcast and listen to it in during a thunderstorm. Spooky. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, what's but, the Will Anderson model? I don't know. Start I up mean, in comedy, get a radio gig, transition to TV, go back to stand-up. That's my reading of the Will Anderson model. Right. So I, mean, I mean, it's an oversimplification of the Will Anderson model. <laughs> of course. But models aren't meant to be complex, Will. That's why they're called models. Have a really successful career and then get into something that has no future, like podcasting. <laughs> yeah. The Will Anderson model. Oh, my God, it is dead. You're right. No, but maybe he was talking specifically about me. Yeah. You mean the Will Anderson who does that podcast with that dopey fuckwit from Home and Away? Oh, or maybe he meant the guy who is my body double. <laughs> like, he's dead. You know the Will Anderson model is dead? The one they use for all the things that Will Anderson won't do because his career's going yeah. very well. Those years at the Logies, it wasn't you sending those tweets. Right. <laughs> it was your double. Oh, it's the Will Anderson model. <laughs> your Saddam Hussein model. Right, yeah, a body double. <laughs> Uh, no, I um, when I first started out, I mean, one of the things that I 
feel lucky about was when I first started doing comedy, it was still kind of like running away to join the circus. You know, like there was no model. You didn't do it to get into... I mean, I left journalism, which was like a secure job back then, to go into stand-up comedy, which was like running away to join the circus. And like now these days, like, you know, if you're a kid now who was my age then and you said to someone, I'm going to leave comedy to go into newspaper journalism, they'd be like, you're crazy. You're crazy. Stay in the safe world of oh, stand-up comedy. The Sydney Morning Herald model, that's right. dead. <laughs> so, I mean... There was no model. Like, yeah, we yeah. just kind of did what we did and then people kind well, of... There must have been a model. There were those guys before you. Right. But there was no sort of like you go into breakfast radio and then you go into... Really? Get into a TV... No, not was at all. Not existing? I kind who? of feel like... Like who? Richard Stubbs and nope. uh, DGen. No. No? Isn't that what they did? Well, I mean, maybe like DGen, but DGen's like not a... They're not stand-up. No, they're not stand-up comedians. They weren't... I and Stubbsy like didn't have a TV show. Like he hosted a few fucking Tonight, Tonight Live. Didn't whatever, he get into but, radio in Triple M very early? Yeah, on? no, he, but he was a big radio guy. That was his... Like he was Richard Stubbs, the big radio guy who kind of like, you know... Because stand-up wasn't oh, he a wasn't career a then. Well, he was a guy who did stand-up. Yeah. But he was like famous for being... The radio Stubbsy guy. off the oh, radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. And went and did stand-up. Yeah, he did, it's not like know, he did stand-up shows. Because like, it wasn't that scene there. He could have. He was a really good singer. Okay, so you guys are but, really sort of part of a kind of renaissance. Well, that really. next level, that next generation, you know, your Fleeties and your Anthony Morgans and your Judith Lucy's. The big, and that, the big gig That's gym. when it first started to be that long-form show thing. Like, you know, it was Oh, really? Morgan. So that's where it started? Yeah. I, I mean, that's that. really... I just assumed that it had been around before that. Well, when I first started, there was a couple of famous shows. Judith did one uh, that won, like, yeah, it was kind of a big award-winning show. Um, and Fleety did tie-dye, which is his, yeah, his yeah. first long-form narrative. And Morgan started to do those things. And, like, Sue Ann Post was around at that time doing that sort of thing. And that was really the start of that that sort of trend, that vibe, but, like, in Australia. So yeah. that was then when that model started to kind so of... So where did we get that from? I mean, was it... British. It British? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the British. Like, that Edinburgh sort of... That's what they've been doing at Edinburgh. It's funny, because I guess... I mean, you know, we're close enough in age that I... Because I remember growing up, my sister, my older sister four years older than me was way into comedy like i remember her going to see like andrew goodwin and pete rose thorn and stuff right and then big gigs have started 89 is it around about that yeah i guess so i was at and high so school, we were so. like it was massive in my house like we watched the big gig and um andrew denton and stuff but i'd always assumed and dgen as well right. i guess and, and i just assumed that that so again think of that like so the biggest stars of that time and again you're they're all the right people so you had andrew denton who was like a tv like he came as a started as a writer for doug mulray on the radio and came through that way he was a theater sports player and an improviser but never a stand-up yeah he was a big star you had um the dgen who were like a sketch group yeah, like none of them were stand-ups uni, right yeah. then you had the late show right which was when that sort of they mick and tony with, yeah, and a bit yeah. of stand-up started coming through yeah you had the big gig wendy harmer she was a stand-up who became yeah. like a TV host and a radio person. So Wendy probably, you know, you could look at and go, well, she's a good example of someone who went from being a big stand-up into hosting a TV show and do radio. Yeah. But other than that, that's pretty like – and, and Stubbsy a bit, I, I guess. It's weird. I, just, I guess I never thought of that period that I went through as being like a pioneering period. You know what I mean? Right. I just kind of took it for granted. Well, I grew up with these – because comedy was quite big when I was, yeah. you know, growing up. I just assumed it had always been big, but those guys no. were kind of pioneers. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So, that like, the stand-up scene has really developed in my lifetime. So it's That's been, crazy. It's been one of those things That's where, cool. like, you know, we've had to be – we've been able to look overseas because the American model is more advanced and the British model is more advanced. So we've taken some of our leads from yeah. those things. But the comedy but, festival – like, the Melbourne Comedy Festival is quite a unique – It's its own thing, definitely. Yeah. And I still believe it's the best of all the festivals really? in the world. I really do. Having been to all of them, I believe is a pure comedy festival – 
because Edinburgh Fringe is amazing, but it's not just There's a comedy festival. Things, yeah. And Montreal, which is the other really kind of big one, is like a like it's mostly you know big gala sets and short spots and stuff. It doesn't have that. How come America doesn't have just one big? Like how come there isn't like a Life of Palooza or something? Well, I mean, Jack... It sounds like it's a thing. Yeah, I think it probably has been. But I know Jack Black and uh, the Tenacious D guys, and they're touring a big, like, headliner festival at the moment, like Oddball Festival or something, and it's like, it's, you know, your Sarah Silverman's... it's such a huge market. You think it would... I mean, it's crazy that someone hasn't just pulled that together. I I guess guess it's a big... It's a big country, you know, like... You tour on your own, you're going to make enough money. You don't need to... Well, the other thing is, there's a comedy club in every town in this country, so... Yeah, you're not starved for venues or... But also that idea of, like, people coming and doing, like, feature-length, like, hours that have themes and stuff wasn't something that was predominant. Like, even here, just Louis and, you know, those sort of guys who are now doing that sort of thing, that's just becoming a thing here. Yeah. You know. So that's more the British model then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's and that's cool. why Dave Anthony is coming to Australia for Melbourne because he, like, who? Dave Anthony? I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I think you met him at uh, LA Podcast Festival. No, no Greg. Which Greg, hasn't, which Greg hasn't, Barrett, right? Which hasn't happened yet, but it'll be tomorrow. <laughs> um, uh, no, the other one. The one without the mohawk. Yeah, the angry yeah, one. The angry one. He's not angry anymore. <laughs> I know. He's so yeah. lo- lovely yeah, and cuddly. Think, things are going well. He sends for me it. sweet nothings on Twitter all the time. Right. Literally nothing. Just, <laughs> it's, 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 but you know it's sweet. Yeah. Just blank messages. Yeah. Oh, it's another sweet nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's coming to Australia. Yes. And, and partly because he's never had the opportunity to do that, like, cohesive one hour, you know, show. I took him to a, um, <laughs> uh, took him and Greg to a Saints game. They'd never seen AFL. And uh, and they still haven't. Hey, oh, <laughs> we uh, it was actually it was the same weekend. There was a Carlton Collingwood game. Couldn't get uh, a ticket to because it was a Friday night. And so I took him to a Saints Suns game. So oh. there was an, all of ten people there. Clash of traditional rivals. Yeah, and I think the Saints ended up winning by like hundred twenty points oh, or something. Really? But Dave turned up in. Uh, like I went to his hotel to meet him. He yep. turned up and he, wearing a Saints scarf and a Saints hat. I'm like, ah, oh, good on you, mate. And then I looked at it and he bought it from some counterfeit, you know. That's oh, it like, wasn't ever, yeah. yeah. It was those dudes. From sitting, a $2 shop, wasn't yeah. But you know what? He fucking yeah. got into it. Right, you know what? Yeah. It's fine. He got also the- that game he revealed to me that the NBA is rigged. Right. Yeah. Although I've heard some other evidence like since then really? that made me think he wasn't quite as crazy as he sounds <laughs> when he talks about that. Like this, I need to see some more evidence. There's, a, uh, there's a, one of the referees... Uh, released a book. He said to me, it's as crooked as the WWE. Well, I mean, (laughs) some would argue the WWE is one of the most upfront businesses there is. Well, they have all their meetings in the ring. They have their meetings in public. (laughs) That is a public meeting. They have their weddings in the ring. Everything. (laughs) Everything is that doesn't happen unless it happened in a ring. Right. Instead of pitches or it didn't happen, ring or it didn't happen. What happens in the ring stays in the ring. Well, it doesn't. It can spill over to the car park. It can into the crowd. Uh, I don't know how you're doing because I'm tired just from us talking, oh, really? doing these podcasts. No, no, no. I'm going to make this a shorter one. I just feel like, I don't know how, because you like, have not slept. You've like I found got off the plane. Yeah, we've been to, drinking. I flew to Europe in the middle of the year to meet Jem and we uh, did a tour of Scotland, caught up with her family and stuff. And I... I had the most horrendous flight over. And because, you know, getting to London is almost like 24 hours by the uh-huh. time you actually get there, even if you have a short layover. Sure. So I turned up. By the time I got to Glasgow, I'd had like been traveling for 30 hours and had not slept. So that's kind of fun. I don't really get jet lag too bad. I don't know. Okay. How was the trip? Tell us about the trip. Here? No. Oh, the one to... <laughs> well, your holiday, you fucking idiot. Uh, it was really good. I, um, 
Because I only went to the UK for the first time last year. Uh-huh. Uh, I had been to other parts of the world, but mainly sort of Southeast Asia, India, that kind sex of stuff. tours and stuff. Sex tours. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this time around, because last time we went just specifically for Jem's mum's wedding, and we got to sort of we just sort of hung out in the home in a ring, right? It was in a, in it was a, in a ring. ring, yeah, 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 in a wrestling ring. Yeah, except the halfway through, the pastor tore off his mask and oh. then had to be Eric Bischoff. Oh, no, that's perfect. <laughs> Great wedding. And then the Hardy Brothers came <laughs> into um, No, but because you were there, you know, because when you're some traveling for a reason, like you don't, you know, you, we sort of stayed in the one area. I didn't get to see too much of Scotland. It'd so be Rowdy Roddy Piper, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. I, that was so obvious. <laughs> The Hardy Brothers, you fucking idiot. It was right in front of me. Uh, but this time around, so I went to Glasgow. Gemma was born on the Isle of Mull, which is just really? a little isle of... of eh? Eh? Um, so I went and spent some time there. But then we drove up the West Coast. So we checked out a couple of the islands and then went to Loch Ness. Oh, yeah. And went to is it in, Inverness Castle. I Did you see the... Tried so hard. I, I thought for sure I was going to be the one yeah. to find it. Did you like to try to lure it out or anything? You know can what you I did feed do? it? Is there like can you the bread or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone tried that? Just throw it. Right. <laughs> you imagine? That's how Loch Ness Monster is found by an old lady. It's just throwing bread throwing crust. Some bread. <laughs> um, no, but we I had an embarrassing moment, mm-hmm. a tourist moment, where there's a, a castle, I think it's Inverness Castle, I think that's what it's called, which is on Loch Ness. Beautiful old ruins. So we're doing a tour of the ruins and there's a bagpiper there. And he's playing music and stuff. And so Gemma said to him, can you play when the saints go marching in? Oh, yeah, nice. And he's like, yeah, cool. So he plays it. And so she took a video of him playing it. And then and Gem's gone, well, that's, that's so nice. I'm so glad you played that. And he's gone, oh, for a tenor, I'll do anything. Do you think I brought my wallet with me? Oh, are you serious? And I'm like, Gem, do you have any money? And she's like, no, I don't have any money. So we both had to say, thank you. Oh, my that. God. And like you literally had no money. I mean. Humiliating, right? Wow. But Scott's a tight wads, right? Right. Let's get one back on them. Oh, hang on. It's that Scrooge McDuck. You can't, solve, never shares any of you can't solve this problem with racism, mate. <laughs> that is a classic example of why people are racist. That's you feeling guilty about something you've done and then turning it back on the other person. <laughs> exactly. That's what you've done. Um, that, that is interesting to me because I like they basically when I was in Edinburgh, they seemed to only know two songs, which was Amazing Grace. <laughs> yeah. And that, the other one what's is. One? No, what's the one? Oh, is that the one? No, there's one that's the... Maybe that's it. There is one that is like every time you open like a green right. card in Edinburgh, it plays like a little electronic version. Uh, they did not seem like there was a lot of options. So, you know, belting out when the Saints go marching. I do like Scotland though. I like Scottish yeah. people. So, oh, yeah, they're nice people. They are the nice how do you, people. How do you understand the accent? Are you okay with the accent? I am now. When Jem gets drunk, because Jem's accent, both her parents are English, mm-hmm. so, and she's been here for 10 years, so her accent's diluted now. Not here, gets, Australia. Australia. But when she gets drunk, it comes back or she's talking to other Scots. But the thing I, I find about Scottish people, what I like is there's like a complete... At the same time, there's this huge pride, like nationalistic pride, and there's like no pretension. But then there's this kind of strange self-loathing as well. Like mm-hmm. that's why I think the whole kind of um, independence movement was really fascinating. Right. Because I don't know a single Scot who was in favour of staying in the Union. And... Like I watched this, it's so weird. I watched this Vice documentary that they made the night of the announcement of, of the referendum when they lost and 
they're interviewing just all these different Scots from both sides about independence. By the way, that's the second time you've referenced something on Vice. If Vice would like to sponsor the <laughs> podcast, get involved. Maybe I'd we could be it. the official Vice it. podcast. We could do after Vice. Oh my god! Like you know, and where we comment on like Vice stories, and I'd we love like to do we that. talk about that. Vice we is- could be the Chris Hardwicks of Vice. Hey, what are Will and Charlie up to now? They're doing an after newspaper internet. Podcast. Yeah, but if it's vice, it means we'll end up in fucking like Sedan or some right. war zone, like yeah. broadcast doing our podcast. Now I don't know if I want that association. I don't know. That'd be cool. Man. I don't. Um, it scares me a little bit. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, what could go wrong? It's like you know, journalists going to the. Oh yeah, okay, right. <laughs> oh, no. oh, oh, hang on. Don't blame me. Yeah, I won't. I won't blame you for right. your complete lack of empathy. Um, but you know that Scottish independent movement. Everyone they interviewed was so passionate about it, but the, I just find it weird. I couldn't. If you, when I did a lot of like museum tours and like historical tours there, and there's this kind of, there's all this pride in their military history tied in with England, wow. and right. yet there's also this kind of sense of nationalism, and it's kind of this sort of schizophrenic sort of thing where it's like they resent the British, but at the same time they have this proud history, but they also have this history of conflict amongst themselves, and it's really. It's it's almost like I can't understand that is a fiercely independent nation, very patriotic, very nationalistic people. Yet it's like they can't all agree. They can't all agree to to anything. There's there's all this there's, and that's the if you look at the history of Scotland, like before that, it was all these different sort of clans and stuff. And they, there's just always been this kind of fractured mentality. I just find it fascinating. It's a really really nice people but there's there's some kind of darkness there and i don't know if it's coming from the history or the fact that it's such a hard land to live in like i was there in summer it was 17 degrees mm-hmm. it was fucking freezing it rained every day i was in edinburgh and that's summer right in summer yeah in the middle of their summer festival i went fishing every day i went fishing with jem's stepdad on mull and i was going out <laughs> again I, I know but like it's just a great sentence yeah. i went fishing with jem's stepdad on mull and uh, I walked out like this. I'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt. And uh-huh. Jem and her brother have just gone. <laughs> Here we doing? go, fancy city boy. And I said, well, you know, it's fine. And I said, there's yeah. not a cloud in the sky. And they're like, trust us. And so her brother gave me this wet weather gear. And sure enough, we get to the fishing spot. And these clouds roll in from fucking nowhere. Yeah. And I've never been rained on in 360 degrees. Oh, like, yeah. it comes from everywhere. Like, yeah. it comes up yeah. at your nose. It's like... Wow, living here must be really, really hard. Right, but you've got bagpipe music and shortbread. Well, that'll so, cheer you know, up. That'll cheer. And haggis. Whiskey, you can... Oh, fuck the whiskey. We did a whiskey tour uh-huh. in Edinburgh, and uh, Jem's mate organised it for us, so we got this, like, platinum pass. Oh, yeah. And it was like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. You go in, and you get in this giant kind of barrel, and the barrel moves around this factory, and they show you, like... <laughs> how to... I'm, I'm serious. serious? Yeah, and then you get out, and they give you, like, a glass... Of... Well, they give you a scratch and sniff. So you can smell the four different regions where whiskey is made. Right. And then you get to taste all these whiskeys. It's fucking excellent. It is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for a grown-up alcoholic. Right. But you're in a barrel that's moving while you're drinking, right? No, no. You do the barrel tour first. Oh, okay. So right. Three okay. Like, so you're not um, drinking in the barrel. It's like the Haunted Mansion. It's all this 3D. Because your host is the guy who built the factory who's dead now. So he's right. like, whoa, <laughs> this is how whiskey's made. And Yeah. <laughs> so they nailed that for the two-pack... Like they got, yeah. they, pra- they practiced it first. They said, Oh, now we can do it for two back at Coachella. We've nailed it at the whiskey factory. Yeah. Oh, hang on. So we had a break. I had a shower because, like, we're into the fourth podcast in a row <laughs> and I hit the fucking wall. You're starting to look like a POW. Right. 
So I um, but you've got trail mix now, which is a terrible idea because now we're just going to be chewing oh, into the microphones. So. But this is like a tradition because I remember the last time yep. we recorded podcasts in LA, yep. we would buy no other foods but trail mix <laughs> and Dr Pepper. <laughs> we were just, we were, I mean, how times have changed. <laughs> You know, in now the old days, it was all Dr. Pepper and trail mix. But now it's trail mix and hard drugs. Pro- protein shakes. I was into protein shakes at <laughs> you that did. stage. That, that, I was, that, the green, um, that green shit that I was getting at the body factory. That's quite delicious. It was stuff. delicious. Can't have been good for you. No. Well, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I think it was good for you if you went to the gym. Exactly. Maybe. They're 90% fucking sugar, know. those things. Yeah. That was why it tasted so good. <laughs> that, that was uh, that trip when I stayed with you. That was when I... Because um, in Australia... I grew up watching American movies and TV. You see a lot of American products that aren't yeah. available in Australia. Like? Lucky Charms. Uh-huh. Cereal. Oh, and so Lucky Charms. I was in the supermarket and I was like, Lucky Charms. Yeah. I've seen them on Webster. Right. <laughs> and so I bought them and they're disgusting. What are they? What are Lucky Charms? I imagine they're green. Are they green? Well, where I got fooled is uh-huh. the, the Lucky Charms, you th- they say it's marshmallow, and I thought it was going to be soft, squishy yeah. marshmallow, but it's yeah. actually like dried out marshmallow, so it's kind of more oh, like so the when you put milk on it, it's like no, not really, no? no, it's such you know the inside of a clinker, yeah, it's like the inside of a clinker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's made out of the inside of a clinker, ninety percent clinker. Yeah. It's a if you get rid of the cl and the cur, yeah, and you left it in here. <laughs> That's what that's what you want. You want the in bit. I think and I think I've just I we were alienating the Australian listeners by talking about Lucky Charms and now we right. just alienated the American audiences by talking clinkers. about clinkers. Yeah, so clinkers, clinkers I don't know if they do have clinkers here. I think that's an Australian sweet. Imagine Lucky Charms covered in chocolate. Right. <laughs> that's a clinker. Works both ways, unless you don't know either of those references, <laughs> in which case you're like, What are they talking about? Uh, clinkers, the the thing about clinkers, they're chocolate covered and then they have like there was like a pink one, a yellow one, uh Green one. Yeah, there's a gross one. I think the ye- was the yellow. Or g- yellow. Gross? Hang on, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Is there purple? The pink one was. I'm thinking good. purple, green, orange, yellow. Yeah, maybe. Pink? There's definitely a pink one. The pink one is the most delicious one. Yeah, they um, they're not good. They're not good lollies. Clinkers. I don't have a. I always quite like the clinker. Really? Yeah. You know what they do actually? Uh, Cadbury have been doing back home these things called marvelous creations. Have you seen right. those? Yeah, where they mix all the shit together. Yeah. Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah. It's like every stoner in the world has uh, compiled their resources. Well, it's literally like they got to the end of the chocolate factory day because I used to have a joke in my set about like, like because on the the back of the, I can't even remember what the joke was, but it was something about me ringing the chocolate factory about like their their day because it's the easiest fucking job in the world working at a chocolate factory. It's okay, Dave spilled something on that the other day, so don't worry. I thought it it was me. I'm like, I don't remember. No, no, no. I think you might have spilled that then, but I turned it over before you came. No, I didn't spill that. Well, I turned like sticky shit. I turned it over before he came, man, because this tea stain. <laughs> because this is <laughs> that's my semen. Uh, no, because Dave spilled tea on the other side of it, so I turned it over. Dave was drinking tea. Yeah, he has changed. Yeah, he drinks black tea. I make it for oh, him. No, he hasn't changed that much. Yeah. The highly black, caffeinated dark black tea. Yeah, dark tea. I think it's more like herbal tea, some chamomile or something. No, he just has it straight, straight black tea. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever had black tea before. Have you right. de- well, I've had iced tea. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like a hot version of that. <laughs> so if you can think of ice tea, and imagine if it wasn't ice, then it was hot. And didn't taste like lemon. By the way, while I was having a shower, I thought you were being attacked by bears out here in the living room, and it turned out that you just couldn't work out how to get ice out of the ice machine. Or Hang on, I've got too much ice out of the ice machine. Yeah, Will's got one of those fancy fridges that makes ice, 
Is that fancy or am I behind the times? Yeah, I mean, it's been around for. I think a lot of people have them now. Yeah, Mm, la di da. Look at me with my electricity and my roof over my head. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I pressed the button for the ice, but I pressed it once. Yeah, but the ice kept coming, so I I yelled out for a savior. (laughs) I was like, "Who will save me? My hour of need. There's too much ice." But what did you really yell out? Because you yelled out something. Like I heard Stop. you yelling. From, Stop! Like you yelled that at the fridge, yeah. as if like it was going to be like. Do yeah. you think it was voice activated or something? <laughs> no, I was calling. I was calling. I was hoping someone would come to my aid, but which was, you didn't. I was in the shower. No, you came out. You suck your head out, and you said, "What's going said, on?" Yeah, and then it like, stopped. Weirdly enough, when you walked out, <laughs> but then you accused me of holding my finger on the button. And I didn't hold my finger on the button. Well, you must have. No, that's not fucking true. It doesn't dude. come out because that I was much. standing there. Like, You've got a whole glass full of ice, and you just put the there thing was, under, I and it comes out. I actually have a glass. This is the glass, here. and it's a big glass. Can too. you hear how much? I- that is a lot of ice. And you poured some of it into my glass. Yeah, and I still have like three quarters ice. It was mostly 2% ice. water, right? It will turn to water, my friend. If that glass was scientists who believe in uh, climate change, (laughs) the ones made out of ice would be the ones who believe in it. And the small amount of water, ironically, (laughs) would be the others. Um, Yeah, I thought you were... I didn't know what was going on, but you did really just yell at the I was trying to... I wanted help. Well, I didn't know how to stop it. you just stop it. But I pressed all the buttons. Unpress it. Well, why did you press all the buttons? Maybe that's the problem. I pressed all the buttons in a panic because it wouldn't stop. I pressed the ice button again and didn't stop it. So then I pressed everything else. And that's when you How long out. did you push the ice button in for? Too long, I imagine. Like you just meant to like put it in and the ice comes out and then pull it out. How long did you push it for? Did you push it separately or with the glass? I don't know, man. I don't know. Did you push the button and then put the glass in or did you use the glass to push the button? I put the glass in, then I pressed the button. Right. Oh, when you say you press the button, yeah. do you mean you only press that quickly? Yeah. Yeah. All right, you oh, fucking idiot. Because <laughs> it's one of those things. So you put the glass oh, in, yeah. and you've got the hinge the pressed in the whole time. I thought it was like you when fucking you go to, moron. I thought it was like when you go to Subway, you put your cup under the thing at Subway, and you. It's you think I live in a fucking Subway? <laughs> Did you see a fucking sandwich artist in my fucking kitchen preparing a foot long for you? No. no. I, saw a, I saw a skinny guy called Jared leaving your room. <laughs> well, I mean that's a that's. A different issue so uh yeah you you it's the thing you push in that's controlling the all right we've got to the bottom of it i'm glad don't call the police (laughs) no the fridge alerts the police straight away if someone gets too much ice yeah that's a a fancy fridge though i think when you start when you can have two doors on your fridge like a freezer (laughs) on one side fridge on the other will anderson two doors on his fridge (laughs) is that one of the ones that's connected to world's youngest baby (laughs) what shopping you're missing and shit no i don't think so it's occasionally just says other things to me like watch breaking bad i've watched it man you need to lose some weight hey Hey, this is your fault (laughs) stop keeping that ice cream at such a delicious temperature (laughs) how are you going with your sweet tooth are you still fucking eating like melted Baskin and Robbins. Yeah. No, what were you eating? It was so Ben and Jerry's. I've been trying not to. Um, I've been trying not to eat as much like shitty food because I'm trying to keep the weight off for mm-hmm. my hips. But if you looked in my uh, freezer at the moment, you would see that I have three different types of ice cream. Three different. Yeah, I have a. Um, Is that your thing, ice cream? Yeah, ice creams like the. Yeah, I mean chocolates. I've got a cupboard up in the other corner. Um, I had Seth uh, Romatelli from Oh Yeah Dude on the podcast the other day and he like I opened up the cupboard to get some tea out and he went, there is nothing from America in that cupboard. And I was like, yes, that's my Australian cupboard. <laughs> so it's full of like Cadbury favourites yeah. and like Milo and like Vegemite. <laughs> there is and nothing shit. from Australia in that cupboard. Right. So, and then, uh, so um, 
But the ice cream, yeah, ice cream. I I just love the ice cream they have here. Yeah, but it always seems to be sweet. a different flavor, so I have to try that one. I know, it's too sweet for me, American ice cream. And it's kind of grainy, you know what I mean? There's this one I've been eating that's like chocolate ice cream with like frozen peanut butter in it. And I, that's, I mean, it's just so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no way to eat a small amount because what happens is you put your spoon in and then it hits a big, thick vein of peanut out. butter yeah, and yeah, you pull that out. Right. You're like, oh, that's so fucking good. And then you have to go, well, I have to even out that where I pulled that out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fat little Will pushing the cake together at his mum's place. Yeah. 12-year-old Will. Yeah. I um, So I had ice cream with my cakes last night. You know, I told you I bought oh, cakes at the best. market. Yeah, so I brought the cake home and I had like some of the ice cream with the cake. You know, I did an ingenious trick on myself because um, Gemma doesn't eat desserts on a sweet tooth, but when she goes away... Yeah. That's, that's when Charlie's time Charlie's to shine. Time to shine. Yeah. And They've I, just opened the first Dunkin' Donuts in L.A. Really? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? They never had one here. Why? Well, where, so where know. has it originated then? Like on the I, East Coast or something? I guess so. It's like America needs another fucking donut shop. Right. That seemed weird to me though. Like I was like, yeah, really? You would think it'd be here. Like, there's a duck and donuts at my fucking local mall in Australia. There's a duck and donuts in Bali. Right. The Bali airport. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> that is strange. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Jem doesn't eat sweets, but I worked out this trick. I bought a bottle of whipped cream. Mm-hmm. And so I bought it for like one dessert one night. And then I, mean, you I went bulb, to the fridge. You did bulbs outside no. your high school dance. <laughs> and then I went to the fridge and I'm like, oh, there's a bottle of whipped cream here. Yeah. It's going to be a waste if that right. just sits there and I don't buy desserts for that every night. Right. <laughs> so, so every oh. single night I went past the bakery and I get That's myself right. a different pie. Right, so you didn't waste slides. the cream. Because I didn't want to waste the cream. Right. So that was my alibi. I felt like, you know, if I got taken to fat court. <laughs> right. That I could say, but your honour. Oh. It would be wasteful. Waste not want not. Exactly. And I thought you were going to say like, and I was home by myself and I had this bottle of whipped cream. And so I thought I put, uh, pour some sugar on me by Def Leppard on. <laughs> I just sprayed and it all I, up. I, I laid down some plastic. I invited the captain of the football team around and then just like walked out. <laughs> no. Varsity Blue Just the junior. <laughs> like, no, so but like instead of the captain of the football team, you do, you're just doing that to Junior. Yeah. You're like, hey, Junior, <laughs> what? It's the first dog to ever be committed, right? Yeah, Junior's like, I'm out of here. Yeah, this, this is bullshit. This is not what happens. I eat my own shit, and right. I can't even look at that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you disgust me. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, desserts. Yeah, that's still my big one. I've been trying to eat less cake in general, but I know I just told you I had cake last night, but Let I have eat been less cake. I have been eating less cake. Are you a I mean, carrot cake fan? I had carrot cake last night. So that was, the, so yes, so I would say yes. How many times a week are we talking? Cake? Yeah. No, like, I wouldn't even have like once a week normally okay. now. Desserts. Ah, uh, well, does ice cream count? Yes. I don't have, I have ice cream at whatever time. I mean, I'll time. say so. I, I I'll eat ice cream at whatever every, time of the day. i dessert every day. I'll just have a scoop. Like I'll often have like six scoops of ice cream a day, over a day. Wow. Yeah. But just like one in the morning and one in the, like, I mean, I'm even in and out. Just when I need a scoop, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just a little scoop. It's a drug. You saw that, you've seen there's that um, documentary coming out. I can't remember what it's called, but it's about sugar. Uh And they say that- Pour some sugar on me, the Def Leppard story. (laughs) (laughs) Don't pour some sugar on me. That's They've done a version of that song. But (laughs) don't pour some sugar on me. (laughs) It- uh, in this documentary, it's basically talking about the kind of um, obesity epidemic in the states and stuff. What are you listening to? I think I think I'm, I think my sights come back. Oh, okay. Are you just quit? Really? Is it? I can't see my. 
your thing. I don't think I can see my thing. I think it's gone. Oh my god, it's Def yeah. Leppard. The power of Def Leppard. Oh my god, clean your eye up. Yeah. Um, no, this documentary is coming out. I can't remember what it's called. Fed up. Fed up about sugar. Yep. Yeah, and it's in, and they were saying that um, if you do the the CAT scan of a brain and the yeah. areas that light up with sugar are the same that light up with like hard drugs like uh, cocaine and stuff. Right. Which makes complete sense because I eat sugar as just like a little when I don't even want it as just like a little. Pick me up, right? And I, I, I even I'm programmed to have something sweet after I eat something savory. Because I'm eating uh, the uh, like the tiny tubs, you know the the you know the Ben uh, and Jerry's ben and or Jerry's the, the like ones. you know those sort of things, Hagen Dazs and all that sort of thing. I will use like a teaspoon. So I'm literally using the same paraphernalia people use to shoot heroin. Like it's and you actually melt the ice cream and inject it. Into right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yes. It's amazing. Well, I had it's close to that as you can get because you know Ben and Jerry's are now doing a a core, you know one that's got a core. I've got one in the fridge. I'll a go molten core. Like yeah, I'll, I will show it to you. So. All right. So Will uh, is going to the fridge that doesn't like me. The fridge. The pe- yes. No, I get it. I get it. Well, he does actually have a lot of ice cream in his freezer. What is it? Salted caramel core. All right, so the ice cream is around a ball of salted caramel. Right. Genius. So just, yeah. How much is that? <laughs> There's not much left. Oh, he's got through the core. <laughs> he's drilled through the core. Right. Wow. Yeah, I went hardcore. I love Salted caramel has got to be like the greatest flavor yeah. of the last five I, years. I only got that yesterday too. I Actually, it was that. America that put me onto salt and chocolate. It was when I first came here that I had uh, M&M pretzels for the first time. Oh, here you guys. <laughs> Hay fever. Hay fever. Um, yeah, salt and but now salt and sweet stuff. You put me onto halloumi and honey. Oh. That's fucking awesome. I've been doing that a lot lately. There's halloumi in my fridge as well. Oh. Is it good halloumi, I think? It, yeah, it's, it's from Cyprus. It's Cyprus. Oh, halloumi. I told you, man. Yeah, Cyprus halloumi. Right. <laughs> Insane in the membrane. <coughs> I also bought tiny little brioche buns today, like mini slider brioche buns. All right. I thought that'd be quite nice with yeah, some, yeah. Uh, a little you, bit of. You need to get some capsicum, roast some capsicum oh, as well. Nice. Or some sun dried tomato would be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> have a go at that. Like, there's a lot of condiments in my fridge. So you're into the sliders? Oh, I like a slider. Well, you know what I'm like. I like finger food. Mini, I like tiny food. So, yeah. like, again, it's like anything that comes in a tiny size, that's my, that's one, that's my jam. <laughs> my tiny, in fact, I like those tiny jams too. You know those ones they give you at like breakfast. That like yeah. uh, often you, I'll steal one of those. You like brioche? Uh, you like uh, pit dinklage? I do. Smaller the better. The smaller the better. Like seriously, I like travel size. I like yeah, but I will often like pocket a like a, a jar of jam and then eat it like I'm fucking Pooh Bear or something. <laughs> like <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> like I will often scooping with your paw. Like, honestly, like particularly on a long flight like you've been on today, and there's like some condiment on the yeah. side. I'll just be like, oh, that'll go on the bag, and then just later in the day when I need to pick me up, I'll just. Eat some jam. <laughs> Once when Gemma and I were staying in LA, um, we were staying at this friend's place, they had this big share house and they all went to go see a band and I was like feeling not up to going out so I stayed in and um, I found a box of, what is it, honey oats? What's the, no, what are they called? The, what are the honey o's? What are the honey cereal called here? Cheerios? Cheerios, yeah, maybe honey Cheerios, whatever, whatever the honey cereal right, is. Sure. And so I took it down and put man and ate a couple and then ate a couple more. And then before I knew it, I was like elbow deep in this and I ate this whole pack of cereal. And then our bedroom was down this flight of stairs. So there's the entrance. So you go down a flight of stairs to get to our bedroom. So I went downstairs and went to bed 
And then I'm sleeping and I hear Jim come in and she's walking down here going, what the, what the, hey, what are you? And then she comes and turns the light on and she's going, Charlie, <laughs> she's going, have you been eating something sticky? And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's going, come look at this. And there are sticky handprints all the way down the stairs. She's like, you're like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> oh, bother. There's, um, there's one called uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, which is sounds good, ah, uh, mate. It's fucking fantastic. Like it's it's very Granola. sugary and fill it. No, it's like a, it's like a um. I can't even like clinker. It's made out of clinkers. That's yeah, made out of clinkers. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's made out of clinkers. Um, it's great. And again, this is not something I should be telling anybody out loud, but because it is like you can just eat it by itself and it's really sweet. Milk to me takes away the joy of it. But say you got. A little bit of creme fraiche, right? Yeah. And you mix that like oh just with God. the like, cinnamon. I, I believe, I imagine if someone did that, Charlie, yeah. they would find that a very pleasurable experience. I think that would be similar to someone that I knew. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying it's me. Right, no, no. Well, someone I knew had a can of whipped cream in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> And they what a uh, coincidence! Well, you told a story earlier about you having. <laughs> oh no 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 no! no this a is like person. yeah. Speaking of whipped cream, yeah. Speaking of whipped cream, <laughs> and this person took a, a box of uh, very sugary granola uh-huh. because they couldn't find anything else sweet in the house right. and put it in a bowl and then covered it in <laughs> whipped cream. Uh-huh. And you make crunchy granola sweet. Hey! Ah, I'll take the fifth diamond. <laughs> we, I think we're high fiving uh, faster than our yeah. podcast can justify it. Right, that's a good point. That last one probably we were just like, you know what, we've had a go. No, crunchy granola sweet was good. Yeah, that was all right. Yeah, it was really good. Okay, no, you should be proud of Thanks, yourself. Man. Don't I take yourself down, that. man. Okay, um, I see you're wearing a denim shirt, which is good. Why? That you're wearing it now? Why? Because I was going to wear one tomorrow. <laughs> oh. You- what do you, what, oh, so we, what color denim shirt are you going to wear? Well, it's pale. I only ever fucking wear denim shirts. Okay, that's fine. I've bought a second option. Oh, uh, you know what? I can, I can not wear that. I could wear a t-shirt. No, no. And I, I can I, wear a toe fop t-shirt. No, 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 don't do that. That's get a lame. cool things with cool people t-shirt. They'll look good. I do we have that? They're available at Podfest. Which one? The horse ones. They're, it's the a unicorn, one. mate. <laughs> it's a fucking unicorn. Yeah, you know, the ones with all the horse and stuff. So you came up with that design. You were fuzz. Well, Foz, I said I wanted to cool things for cool people. Lucky. Oh, no, I think on the podcast we might have said that we wanted to be riding unicorns. I can't remember. You anyway, Dave. I don't know. No. Foz Dyke comes up with most of the good stuff, is my point. So Very I'm not lucky gonna... that such a talented artist does stupid stuff for us. That oh, Back yeah. to the Future thing, Foz Dyke, actually, I should contact you. I want that as a print. I love that. I want it on my wall. I think it's so cool. Like, that's. I will never be in Back to the Future. I've learned to live with that. Well, you never will be? Never. Why? No way. What, what if they remake I, it? What role could I you play? You could be like Doc. No, I'm too young for Doc. Too right old for now, Mandy. but when are they remaking play, it? No, they're gonna, re, they're gonna wait for. Like, I don't think I'd, you wouldn't cast me as Doc. Not yet, but you might grow into it. Yeah, but I don't have that. No, you wouldn't cast me as Doc. I would. What about uh, George McFly? No, I'm too old. The only one. Oh, oh my God, Charlie! What Strickland? I, I forgot to tell you no. what happened last weekend. So I'm in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they have two clubs. They have a club in a place called Bellevue, which is like a, like the posher suburb of Seattle, basically. And then they have like the Seattle Downtown Club, which is new, right? Last time I was there, I played the Bellevue Club. Uh, this year I was playing the new, like, inner city club, which was great. But they had the flyer there for the other club as well, obviously. Do you know who was playing in, at the other club the weekend I was there? Michael Winslow. Biff. Oh, Biff Tannen. Yeah. Um, what's his name? I don't know oh, what his name is. Michael something, I think. 
Was it Michael something? Peter Wilson. Peter Wilson, Wilson. Michael Wilson, something. But anyway, he was doing stand-up at the other club. Thomas F. Wilson is his name. Is that right? I think that's right. Thomas Wilson. Tom Wilson. Yeah, so he was doing stand-up. I was like, oh, is this close? Does he? You know he does that Back to the Future song? Have you seen that? Uh, I think I have seen it or half seen it. It's pretty amazing. Like when you think about him in that film, maybe we have talked about this before, but he's so outstanding. Like you think about what he does in that film. He's incredible. He's like one of the greatest like bully villains ever. Iconic. Iconic. Yeah. And and plays all those different characters over the trilogy, like yeah. plays like Buford Tennant and stuff. Yeah. It's like it's amazing that he does all that amazing work and then that doesn't spill out into other Well, he didn't need it because like all that money he won on the horses. <laughs> so <laughs> You almost had me. He was in Freaks and Geeks, I remember that. <clears throat> he was the PE teacher in Freaks and Geeks. But I can't think of anything else he's done. Like of that of that film, it was a star vehicle for Michael J. Fox, but not really anyone else. Like Leah Thompson didn't really and she did stuff. Caroline in the City. <laughs> that was probably her zenith, wasn't it? When she was at her most famous. I mean, I guess like Michael J. Fox is probably the only one who went on to like. I mean, Mega I know Crispin Glover had like a weird you know, career of his own, career. and like, well, he's probably actually had one of them like the longest, like the most long. Oh, well, he's still de- like I saw him in something films. terrible recently. I can't remember what it was, but like something where you're like, hey, but you're doing this. He does good stuff as well, doesn't he? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, wasn't he in like a Tarantino film or something? And he makes up, he makes uh, really fucked up films of his own and does, does these. He? Yeah. He has these like art projects that he makes like about Down syndrome people and like, like, but really fucked up, like, you know, David Lynch-esque sort of things. Yeah, and right. he shows them at like obscure film festivals and then does like, I remember he was like on the radio with Lee Mo and I. Mm. And uh, we weren't allowed to talk about Back to the Future. What was he promoting? <clears throat> this weird thing oh, that right. he was doing. And we had him in because of that. And we, basically we asked him uh, like what the, and I won't get the quote right, but it was something along the lines. I said, how does the night go? And he goes, well, but for an hour and a half, I show my films that are filled with disturbing and confronting images. Oh my God. Then I do Q&A for about <laughs> two hours. Then a break. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "You are not selling this. Who is going to come to this?" Was it? A, do you think it was? Was it like a kind of? Was he doing some kind of performance art weird thing? Because he's done that before. I mean, he did, that, he did that on Letterman. There's that famous clip of him on Letterman, right? I think he's like. I mean, I think his whole kind of life is some weird sort so of he's performance just, he's arty. You know, yeah, just yeah, yeah. kooky and weird, and you know, isn't it amazing though that who whoever was bringing him out to Australia, who thought, oh, let's get him on Triple M? <laughs> That's such well, a... I, I don't think they did. I just thought I thought it would be funny. Oh, you I asked like for it. Him. I asked for him. Yeah, because I was like, I want to meet George McFly. Yeah, even if he doesn't want to talk about it. I'm still happy. Well, you know what happened? Well, he wanted to. Do, like, he didn't want to do the second one, and they edited him in. Like, <laughs> yeah, he had. He just there was a dispute about money, yeah. and so I think he wanted more money for the sequel. He didn't get it, and then they went ahead and shot it using a double, but yeah. using like his likeness, and he won. And it actually set like a new. Uh, there's a new law for actors that you can't just take someone's image and reappropriate it, even if you own the character. So, I mean, maybe he got a nice payout. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't need to work that much after that. <laughs> That's all you've got to say? <laughs> I mean, I was like, yep, no, good point. Yep, okay. Then I heard a siren in the background. I, don't know, I was like, no. Nah. Not much comedy potential. Uh, right. down, I was uh, like, no, no, good though. Uh, yeah. Well, well, it's fine. <laughs> so, it's like... <laughs> yeah. 
We're getting towards Wilson. the end. We've only got like, look, if we do another five You know minutes. what? My nose is starting to block. Yeah. Can you hear that? Yeah. That's my nose. Like I'm so sniffy and so it's I've been here like, what, six hours and I'm, I'm fucking blocked up. It's got to be um, pollution. a really high, like pollution-y hay fever time because I'm not, like normally. No, I'm not like, like this I'm ever. not as bad as this. But my, both ever, my noses. But I've been, <laughs> both my both noses. your noses. Oh, right. Well, I mean, you know it's your problem when your backup nose starts to back up. That's when you really know. Hey, uh, my spare nose is blocked up as well. Yeah, the one I got put in where my balls used to be. When I got them tucked in, I thought, you know what I need to I've got some room. I need a spare nose. I need to take some extra oxygen Because then I know in. when like, things are starting to smell. It's, like, really, it's a good time. I'm just going to have a spare nose down there. Great for doing drugs. They go straight into my pods. Oh, I don't even know what that means. No. Um, Difficult right. to ride a motorbike. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> we've done four in a row yeah just in case you're wondering why we're bitching out now right and nearly five hours nearly five and hours of talking and, and, you, and we have to do a live show tomorrow night right hoping we haven't burnt through all our and we're going to go to the AFL grand final party in a minute so what do you want so, from this you sons of bitches I don't know why I'm, I'm sure they're grateful I'm really? sure they're happy yeah Okay. Yeah. Well, if you are grateful, I mean, this has been ramblings of mad people. <laughs> we have just jumped around so much on this one. I don't know what the fuck we've talked about. <laughs> I was like, sometimes I'm like, well, I can make a joke about that thing we talked about <laughs> before, earlier. But I have no. Before you idea. had your shower, you were looking <laughs> so delirious. You were actually swaying in front of the microphone. Well, I was going it's almost blind. like it's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was going blind. Going I was blind. losing I, my sight. I talked you into. I, I bored you into blindness. My body was shutting down. I was like, you shouldn't be alive. Well, this is the longest one single session we've ever done on Tofop. So it is a right. record of sorts. Yeah. You won't know it because you're listening to it one week at a time, but we've just done some fucking hardcore talking. Right. I yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, I hope you appreciate it, guys. Um, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, please rate it on iTunes. I'm doing my show at the Sydney Opera House on January 19. If you want to come along to see that, um, you know... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know why I bothered trying then. I tried. <laughs> you did. You know what? Will's doing hey. some stuff. If you like it, go check it out. Why do we fall? So we can learn how to pick ourselves back up again. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>